Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Hi everyone, we had a couple of sound problems on tonight's Spurs show, just for the first few minutes, so we hope it doesn't impair your enjoyment of this week's show. Once again, we apologise... But stay with it. It's a great one. Hello and good evening, wherever you're around the world. Welcome to another edition of The Spurs Show. Thank you so much for downloading us, streaming us. I don't know how you listen to us. But you do uh, in your thousands. A, a very, very, very special show tonight. I'm really excited about tonight's show because we've got three titans, titans <laughs> of the music industry, three world famous DJs. Uh, very excited to have them all on. And not just DJs, three eminent authors. They've all had books out over the last few years. Uh, and we'll, I'll, I'll plug those in a minute. First, he has been on the show for many, many years, and you can, his book was the brilliant, The Life and Lines of Brandon Block. How are you, Brandon? I'm very good, mate. And I, I, I just want to say that, a little play on words there, was the, the use of the word titans. Yes. <laughs> trying to say something like, uh, about the way Daniel Levy uses his money, because he's a titan, isn't he? No, I, I was thinking <laughs> that, I was, I was implying that you've actually put on a lot of weights. Oh, ah, so the jeans are titans, yes. <laughs> and also, I also welcome a man who's been on the show many, many times. Last time he was on this show was in Madrid during the Champions League. He was also on recently Theo Delaney, my co-host, brilliant podcast, Life Goals. Go and check the show out. Uh, another author with a brilliant book, Mr. Good Times, Norman J. Return. Yay. How are you, Norman? I'm good, Mike. Yeah, pleasure. I yes. very nearly missed it tonight. I got I know. Like a mile away. I just thought, oh my God, I've got to get back for this. Change. <laughs> Turn around, quick, quick. Just got in the door exactly. and the phone rang. So there you are. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. And finally, uh, and I'm so excited to have him on. Uh, I, I'm a huge, huge soul music fan, especially Northern Soul. And uh, this man, a massive Spurs fan, uh, also a, a book out recently, which is wonderful. Weekend Casino, 73 to 81, setting the record straight. We're joined by Richard Serling. How are you, Richard? Thank you, Mike. It's lovely to be on the show for the first time. Welcome along, mate. It's lovely to have you on. And before we have to talk about the team and the last two performances, I have to ask you, Richard, as it's your debut, and I I know you're up north, how did you become a Spurs fan? Yeah, well, um, 
into the front room one afternoon and Tottenham Hotspur are surely the greatest team of the century. So that, that, that you can tell when that would have been, 1961-62. Fell in love with it. This sounds really corny, by the way, guys, but I still think, possibly with the exception of Crew Alexandra, that Tottenham Hotspur is the most exotic name of any club in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And when I went to watch them, I've always said I'm not a massive fan of football. I was a fan of Tottenham. It was Tottenham Hotspur and the way they played mm. back then that got me into football. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. I mean if, if I was, I just thought last night as I was watching that turgid affair, <laughs> if I was 11 now, and I was watching that, would I be interested in football? And the answer is I probably wouldn't. But when I, you know, when I, when I remember some of those unbelievable games back in the 60s, in particular Alan Gilzine, just, you know what I mean? And you're, going to ask me, you're probably going to ask me what my first game I went to was. Or my dad, I am. I, I am going to ask you. My dad, when I was 10, my dad took me on a very misty, murky, rainy March afternoon in 1962, um, the main road mm. through Moss Side. And the result, as you probably know, guys, in a season that we should have won the bloody league, but for mm. losing to Ipswich twice in West mm. Bromwich Albion at home, we only missed out to Ipswich by three points, was mm. Manchester City 6, Tottenham oh. Hotspur 2. Greaves yeah. had just signed about three months before, and he put two in in the last minute. Otherwise, yeah. and I cried my bloody eyes out. <laughs> and he, he, well. he used to take me to United as well. And, of mm. course, you, you know those games. We oh, beat yeah. them 5-1 at the lane, and they beat us 5-1 up here. So mm. it was a pretty, you know, going to school with a load of manks mm. and, you know, never really hearing too much about Spurs mm. makes you more passionate. And people would say, you, you're crazy, aren't you? What's the matter with you? We all support these, these other clubs. Then, of course, I start going to a lot of Spurs games and I realise there's loads of people outside London support Spurs. Best supported London club in the regions by a mile. And, it's, and, you know, it's just been an amazing journey. So that's really how I got into it. No, that's, that's beautiful. And look, for those of you that don't know, your Mixcloud music site, which is... Absolutely wonderful. Any fan of soul music, go to, I think it's mixcloud.com slash Spurs1961. It's uh, yeah. a link a link you're not going to forget. Uh, and if you're <laughs> yeah. a lover of, of uh, not just American, British soul as well, if you're a, if a lover of soul music, Richard, obviously uh, one of the founding DJs of the infamous Wigo Casino. What was great reading your book, uh, Richard, was obviously you talk about the Wigan years you were there. And you talk yeah. even the book of going off to see 73 yeah. to 81. We had 73, the League Cup win, 74, the Wafer Cup, 75, yeah. 76, the Dark Years, 77, going down, 78, yeah. coming up, 81, yeah. 82, the FA Cup. You were DJing at such an iconic club while there was so much going on for the club. How did you juggle the two? Did you basically just go and see all the North and away games? Um did I go? Well, I can remember not making Wigan Casino one night. I think it must have been when we had that one season in the second division. Mm. We played in the October of that year at Bolton Wanderers. And we I lost. started drinking at about 10 in the morning. And it was I a was there. game. It was about nine games in. We took the whole of the embankment then, 7,000. That's right. And yeah. McNabb had a perfectly good goal that's the allowed from 30 right. yards. Correct. And I was in the main stand with Bolton fans, and it really kicked off. And then I think Roy Greaves got the winner seven minutes from right. the end, right against our fans. And I just yeah. I went outside the ground. I found a pub over the road full of Spurs fans waiting to go back to London. And I just, in the end, they found me in the road at about 10 at night. I was completely <laughs> gone. And I never, I never made Wigan that night. And wow. I think that's it. I was so fanatical. And I lost it. I still am now. I mean, you know, you say you didn't watch the game last night. I can't, I can't not, you know, I can't stop. It's like a drug. And it really affects my mood, you know. Even a draw will really affect my mood. So answering your questions, I remember Derby County 8, Tottenham Hotspur 2, 
was a pretty bad night at Wigan. Mm-hmm. I got oh, yeah. some stick for that. But, of mm-hmm. course, we had some great times as well. But you're right, in those years, I mean, there were some amazing games. Mansfield away, three all. That was incredible. Yeah. The Barry yeah, games. I was there. That oh, journey. And, but I did used to look longingly. And I, I used to speak to people in London. I worked at RCA in the 1970s. And Willie Morgan was a big Spurs fan down there. Big fan of the really show. Yeah, that yeah, I couldn't go often enough to the games, you know. And, yeah. we, and I think most of the games I went to were actually in the 80s uh, in, yeah. rather than the 70s. Because just to answer your question, the DJing really did take a lot of... Uh, a lot of time and effort in those in, in those days. As well as if you, well, I mean, you your book, because sorry to interrupt, because the, 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 the book, which is brilliant, sets the record straight, you're doing so much travelling, just as a sideline for those of you out there who haven't listened. We did a great show about a month or so ago during lockdown with John Pratt, and we went through every yeah. game with him in the second division, every single no. game. Uh, no. The Bolton game came up. It was a massive game. Uh, Burnham Park. They beat us in the FA Cup that season. Yeah. We beat them at home. Don McAllister header. But Norman, you were on Theo Delaney's brilliant life goal show. And the, yeah. the moment, your story that I loved was mm. that season, us playing mm. Blackpool and all your Spurs mates mystified yeah. that you were staying up. And they're like, are you coming oh. back? No, I'm going to I'm going to a Northern Soul all night with Blackpool. They're like, what? What? Yeah. And I just, I just yeah. love that. I can't remember the score, Richard. You probably remember. 2 0. Yeah. Terry Naylor crossed the ball across. Right. And I think it was, it could have been John Duncan headed it back. And right. I think Hoddle yeah. volleyed it in from the middle of it. Yeah. It was a great away win, that was. I know, it was I remember. A great away win. And I thought, we, we've won up here. The Cockneys have invaded, you know, this Lancashire seaside town. Everyone's going back. Yeah. I'm going to have to. You know, have eyes in the back of my head tonight, so I kept a very extremely low profile that, that night until I joined the queue to get well, into the. Do you remember the away end? How busy it was! I mean, it was a, yeah. Again, it was like that Bolton game. There must have been seven thousand on that open yeah. away end there that day. It was That's amazing. Right. Because were no were mugs. Yeah, all the coaches were parked just behind. I remember as everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a huge sprawling car park, and at the other side of the car park. Um, was was the Mecca building was the um, I, I remember because a couple of times subsequently when I went up there they had a car park uh, yeah. like an elevated car yeah. park and I used central to, central drive yeah that's right and I used to find a car with an open door and kit in a car that was parked overnight there or to stay out of the element because <laughs> I wouldn't wow. go to a pub. <laughs> wow. wow! You mentioned John Pratt. Yeah. You mentioned John Pratt. I remember a goal he scored. 73, was it? We were at Old Trafford losing 2-0 for Ian Moore's mm. years. And we came yeah. back and won it 3-2. And I think mm. Pratt started the comeback with a volley. Whacked mm. it in there. And it, nobody expected us to get anything out of that game. It was unbelievable. Mm. I was in the Stretford M paddock. Mm. And they were going absolutely bananas. I had to run out the ground. I remember it now. I'm <laughs> sure I was getting chased. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Mm. And Steve Perryman talks very highly of John Pratt in his book, doesn't he? Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. It's a very, very good book. Well, we have to. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the present team. Uh, Since last week's show, we've had two games. We've gone to Sheffield United and lost three nil, three one, and then we've gone uh, back back at the lane. We beat Everton, obviously last night one nil. Brandon, um, we won last night, but I can't remember uh, a more dull victory. Probably. I don't know. I'm thinking Jerry Francis days. I'm thinking Graham. I might go back as Terry Neal. It was a mm. turgid, turgid game, wasn't mm. it, Brandon? But I mean, you know what? I, I'm just going uh, to say back that my earliest experiences and what Richard was saying was about the glamour of Tottenham and mm. the whole thing was because my dad used yeah. to take me again back in those days. It was a member of the Champ Claire going to Totsburg Club. Yeah. Um, the players after the game, I was like 10, I think, and went in those days. I'm slightly younger than you two gents, so mm-hmm. um, able to make the uh, the games you're talking about. But, uh, you know, that whole thing, is, and, and as you said, Rich, it's like Tottenham have always been the glamorous team, always been wonderful to watch. And, and, and yeah. I'll be honest with you, Mike, uh, the lot, and I mean, I DJ at the, the end of, uh, and I'm trying to get Norman to do it, but I um, DJ at the Bill Nicks pub every end of the season. We have an end of season party, and um, we used to have like, uh, pre uh, the 
the Christmas party and then the end of season party. So that hasn't happened. But what I've noticed is, for some reason, I don't know what it is, Spurs get this mindset, right? They start off lovely, they get all confident, and then all of a sudden, a couple of the bogey games, which we usually have at the beginning of the season, impact, we lose massively, right? And then all of a sudden, they're on the back foot, and they don't have... I mean, Potch was the only one that actually managed to get them out of that mindset after the, you know, after the, the, the losses that we incurred. So, last night, I'll be honest with you, Mike, I, I knew, I sort of knew, preempted that was going to happen, and I shouldn't do it, but it, it, the games have been boring. There's no atmosphere mm. in these stadiums, and you know, whatever you well, want to... No there's no one there, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to create, or how you want to uh, make it the game that it is, it's not going to happen with social distancing. It's not going to happen when people ain't in the stadiums. And mm. when you've got a team who have been, oh God, I can't even just explain it. I don't I, Jose is just, uh, whatever he's done, it's just, you know, and Norman was saying earlier before this, you know, it's frustration. I mean, everyone's frustrated. I mean, he's got to be frustrated because he thinks he's obviously, you know, the most incredible manager in the world. But unfortunately, the last few teams have not proven that. But, mm. you know, uh, I thought, I thought with myself, you know what? I so I wasn't. I, mean, I was very concerned when Potch went because I thought he was doing it. Regardless of the losses, we get yeah, that. Agreed. We get beaten massively, but then we win massively. So it's just a bit yeah. about makeup, I think. And I, and I thought, well, how can he done it again? It's like overnight. It's none of this building up to it. It's just go. And I think that's really difficult to manage because you know you, you start. Although you get bad, we all have bad days. We all have good days, but I mean, I know the, cons- the, the the what's the word? The consistency was difficult. But again, it's a Tottenham team, so I knew that was going to happen last night. And uh, what, what, what's the? What, are we over the watershed? Are we allowed to say bad words or not? Particularly, you can. It's the first show. Shite. Yeah, it was. It was Norman. Norman, you mentioned Norman. You mentioned off air. You're really not enjoying these games. This experience, uh, yeah. and you. And and you, I mean, you know, you're a massive, massive, massive Spurs fan. For you mm. to not even want to watch the game last night speaks yeah. volumes, mm. speaks absolute volumes. Yeah. Um, just, well, you know, I, I laid my cards on the table um, very early on. My, my head and my, my heart was firmly in Botch's camp. Obviously, none of us are privy to what happened to behind the scenes. But for me, um, the appointment of, of, of Mourinho um, was wrong. He's not Tottenham. And I think it's just my feelings, my contention when I speak to, to, to my sons and younger people. The, the younger footballers do not relate to that autocratic style of me, I am, the big I am management. They don't respond. You know, um, all of those young Man United players under him didn't flourish. Even Pogba, you know, they didn't work. The moment he departed, Suddenly, all of these kids are beginning to, to flower and show their, you know, their, their real skills. And I get the distinct feeling from the couple of games that I've managed to, to, to watch this year. The younger players, Son, case in point, and, and all of those on the fringe and emerging, just do not believe in, in Mourinho. And I think the older, more experienced players, because they're older and experienced, just goes along with the management. I mean, all managerial appointments, as history has shown, end in, in tears. Um, I think um, the quicker we, we get rid of him, and you watch, another manager uh, in there will bring out the best. And, you know, I, I don't think it's within Tottenham's gift to, to say, you know what, um, fuck it and see. We made a mistake with this one. I'd say, um, Mike, just quickly. Go on. Just to, uh, mm-hmm. Last year, I, I was very... Uh, and, and previous, I think it was like the year before as well. I was very fortunate yeah. to be part of. Uh, mm. I was talking to um, a guy at Tottenham, he's a very good friend of mine called Adam. Yeah. Who's, he's, he's like mm. the. Uh, we were we were going up there very regularly while it was being built the stadium. Yeah. And, uh, we were going to plan lots of events, and I was talking to mm. Norm about doing some events there, and mm. they wanted us to fill with various areas in the in the in the building. And it was just an incredible. Yeah. Uh, to be part of actually walking that with a hard hat on and walking around that stadium mm. and thinking, oh my, mm. this is just wonderful. And, you mm. know, uh, the attitude was brilliant. The whole thing was fantastic. It was uh, it was running smooth. We couldn't wait to get big in. Pop was still mm. there. And, you know, I just feel, I really feel that that, that I just want it to, to, to you know, I don't, I don't want that to impact on everyone. You know, I think they, mm. 
I just want it to be lovely like it was. And I sure normally yeah. we're all feeling a bit, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah. Great game. it's not a great game to watch in the situation, is it? It's just no, not. Marina's football in the last couple of seasons has not been great. No. There's no getting away from it. That's a fact. So, know, Richard, to be, just bring yeah. Richard in. Let's be just bring mm. Richard in now. Play, yeah, devil's, play, play devil's advocate, Richard. I'd like to ask you yeah. this. Dad, we, this time last year in the Champions League final, this season we started badly. We know mm. the money we need. Forget about COVID. We, know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. We had to get Champions Four again. We spent a lot of money on the stadium. The football under Pochettino in the Champions League season, there was a lot of poor games. This season, they were poor. Jose Mourinho, who Levy really, really rates, comes up. Surely one can see why we appointed mm. Jose Mourinho. You know, mm. one of the most, no. most decorated <laughs> managers of all time. Mm. You, you know, surely you've got to give Mourinho time to make it, to turn this team around, surely. Mm. No, no? Uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think so. Um, I think with I, I Mourinho... Think he's past his sell-by date. I think he needs. Sorry, I think he needs money, Norman. I think yeah. he needs money to make any impact. I don't think he's going to get it. Uh, he mm. might have done before this COVID thing, but you know, I sound like I'm defending Daniel Levy here. He's, he's no mug. He's mm. one of the most pragmatic people I've ever, ever, ever experienced. Looking mm. at from a from a distance, and he was the first one of anybody in football that said COVID nineteen is going to cause more problems football than people realise and he said that back in February when people were saying oh you know it's not going to be anything like as bad as that so he's going to be as horrified as we are right now at that brand of football I just wondered I'll just come on to the Amazon documentary in a minute but mm -hmm. do we believe and this might be naive from me I hope I am naive but I hope it's true that Mourinho was brought in to help secure naming rights or dare I say at the club to be sold on yeah yeah. Oh, no, well, I, 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 not now. I don't not know. now with COVID. I, I don't think no, so. No, I agree. That's yeah. changed. And my worry is that when he wants to, because he's not, doesn't look like he's going to sell Andomble, uh to get any money in. Um, and we certainly don't want him selling anybody like Harry Kane or even Deli Alley, to be honest with you. Mm. I don't know where they're going to get the money to get the players in that they need. And it, it is quite frightening that lots of other clubs, Leicester City, Wolverhampton Wanderers, somehow seem to be able to pluck these people for eight, ten million and then mm. we're chasing, you know, the Mexican forward there for fifty mm. million when well why why didn't we you know, so I, does it run deeper than just Mourinho? Is it is it are they identifying the right players? They say that people are saying that Mourinho didn't want Bergwin. I, I don't know, I hear all these mixed messages coming out. Yeah. It just feels like it's a bit of a mess. Well look, let's uh uh, let's let's go. We're going to, we're going to go to a quick break, guys. When we come back, we'll go into more detail about the the last couple of games. We'll be back yeah. after this very short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean. And more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at Cooler dot bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag cooler king bike cooler dot bike e-bikes that are cool AF and we're back for the break uh, just a few bits of business uh, before we talk about the, the, the last games and the massive games coming up uh, just to let everyone know finally 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 the beautiful Spurs show face coverings are available they're a thing of beauty using the old styles, 50s and 60s, Tottenham Hotspur crests, a little carrying bag. Go to shop.spurshow.net and get your beautiful, washable Spurs Show face masks. They are a thing of beauty. And for those of you that are still Spurs Show season ticket holders, we are going to hold an end-of-season event 
due to COVID, it's extremely limited numbers. It's going to be July the 29th. Uh, and our special guest will be Steve Sedgley, 1991 FA Cup winner. Still time to get your Spurs show season ticket because hopefully uh, next season we'll be going back to our monthly events. They'll be smaller intimates, but they'll be sort of COVID friendly. Uh, go to season.spurshow.net uh, for, for that. And finally, don't forget our premium uh, Spurs show content, including daily Spurs shows, Spurs news shows, match reports, interviews with ex-players, documentary series, a great one from Willie Morgan, Spurs on the record series. Just go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, let's talk very quickly, Richard, about last night's win. It was obviously a, a deflected goal, but the talking point last night was the extraordinary bust-up between Hugo Lloris and Honmin Son. What did you think yeah. of that? Well, I said to my wife before the, before the move even got through and, and Richarlison was running that Son looked like it was just a bit of a, a girlish thing that he did, quite frankly. So it then didn't really... Um, it surprised me after the shouting across from the penalty area uh, that had gone on that he then sought to chase him down into the, towards the tunnel anyway. But I thought that, you know, for once, Redknapp had it quite right in the after commentary when he said Eric Dyer was the one that probably should have been bollocked for it as mm. much as Son anyway. I think it's just the collective... They just feel at the moment they're just not, they're not working as a team. It's just a collection of individuals. And I think that really just crystallised the whole thing there. It just wasn't... They just weren't at it at all. Um, but, you know, the, the, the sort of the harrying in the press just wasn't there. And that particular incident, incident encapsulated it. But it shows... I thought... Really I thought yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And I, and I thought... I thought Toby Adderveld made a huge difference having him and Dyer, yeah. two experienced yeah. players at the back. We looked much, much better at the back. They had a few half shots, a few simple saves. Uh, I mean, in fairness, Everton, who had been unbeaten since the restart, yeah. Angelotti, they were worse than we were. I they were. We were lucky. Utter, we were lucky. Utter, utter, utter garbage. So, so I think... I'm, uh, I'm... I, I think... Well, I think we were lucky that it was only Everton. I thought yes. we were bloody awful, quite frankly. They were. And I think that this game on Thursday, that's a very small pitch at Bournemouth. And yes. I could see us probably, well, we'll either win it 3 0 or, or get it. I just, I can't call, can any of us call that game on Thursday? Well, last season, last season, after Sheffield, I can't. Last season we lost and we had nine men, if you remember. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that was, so, yeah, yeah. But, I know, I remember. Know, Bournemouth, it. Bournemouth can't, can't steal a win at the moment, but Dr. Tottenham are in town because uh, no. talking now about Sheffield yeah. United uh, last yep. week, a team also yeah. hadn't won since the restart. And uh, Brandon, I mean, the performance I against Sheffield United, uh, we actually played better, I thought, against Sheffield United. We did against Everton. But again, so, I mean, Correct. despite having Jose Mourinho there, Brandon, defensive errors again are, are killing us. I, You know what? I think uh, it's a real... I have this um, paradigm, which I think is probably I've got to change about Spurs, and that's they they just find it really hard coming from anywhere behind. Are they, they like so when they're not like close season, for instance, when they come back to the games like this, they don't look like they know each other. They don't look like they're, right. they're together. They don't look like they they, they they lack confidence massively, right? And 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 it, look, you know, as you were saying earlier, someone said about um, you know building time, and and but Mike, every time. They do this. They never get time. They never get time to mould the team. Because they're yeah. usually running, they're usually fairly good at running. I mean, look, the last team, this team we've got now, it, it, it's, it's very confused. But the young uns, we got that, you know, they were fantastic the year before. They lost their way a bit. And now coming back through after COVID, and, and Daniel Levy's right. I mean, COVID is going to affect, especially, you know, you look at you look at that, that stadium and how much that cost. And then to buy players yeah. when you've got the shutdown. And, and now... Yeah. Everyone's going to be saying, oh, my God, we ain't going to buy any players. We're going to get this. You know, this, this mentality is going to be going on in the players' minds. And, you know, they uh, – so, yeah, that, that luster, um, I just think it's a difficult, a really difficult platform to be playing in. And I think, uh, unfortunately, Tottenham, they take this stuff really personally. And, and Norman, yeah, yeah hmm. Norman, I mean, look, I, I think Champions League place is gone. At best, hmm. we'll probably get a Europa League place. I know you're hmm. very anti-Jose. What would you do? Would you would you say goodbye at the end of the season? And if so, who would you then bring in? Well, I'm not not thinking that far ahead, but I just 
you know, the relationship with this manager will definitely, most certainly end in tears. You know, when Spurs, we all know, Spurs teams in the past have been in this position before. And somebody rightly said the only person that's been able to cope with that and get us out of that, you know, in the last 10, 20, 30 years has been Mourinho, has been um, Poch. Mm. You know, and while he continues to be at the helm, I, I think he, he's in place for, you know, not for footballing reasons, for yeah. um, financial monetary. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, most people forget that Spurs, and actually, you know, Levy's a front man for a secret operation in America that actually owns Tottenham, who are calling the shots, you know, and, and mm. it's my contention that those people don't necessarily know that much about football. Okay, you, you spent X amount of billions on the stadium. You've got a really promising team. Uh, who's the best manager in the world? Go and get him. And so who who is... So who is the secret organisation you speak of? Well, I, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> well, I'm saying, you know, some of my Arsenal mates, you know, have been, you know, put it to me, you know, it's season so I go that, you know, Spurs have got a great football team, but in, in reality, it, it's actually, you know, it's, it's an American stadium, isn't it? The, yeah, but but that but that's but that's a business idea. I think yeah, you know, Enoch have looked at and said, we yeah. don't want to be just put this stadium open every fortnight. We yeah. want rugby, we want NFL, we yeah. want music concerts. Yeah. It, you know, it that to me makes business sense. Football yeah, is a business. You know, it is fine if, if it, at the forefront if it remains the football. You know, well, um, absolutely. This is the big and, argument. This is the big yeah, argument. And, and and that's why you need the the, the, the manager with the the, the best portfolio in the world at the helm of it whether that manager is, is any good whether that manager is current whether that manager is getting the best out of people you know one would you know argue about that just quickly, I just don't think he, he's, he's the fit to get us out of it I really don't you know what you know Norm um, yeah. just quickly just I'm mm. just thinking about this while you've been talking and mm. you know what underlying I think there's a lot of this mm. going on because I, I, I agree with you, Norman. I really do. Mm. I think for to come from for come from someone who has expectations and and obviously has mm. a uh, mm. uh, entitlement and all that. And look, and back in the mm. day, Jose was the one. But then the yeah. point was our one, and he was mm. one. He was the equivalent, and, and I wasn't yeah. comparing, but he was uh, 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 wonderful. And uh, he didn't win anything. But he didn't win anything. No, I know. But yeah, the, but, uh, but I, I'd argue anybody could be great in the modern manager game. Managerial game if they've got endless amounts of spend. Well, exactly. I mean, look, and you, listen to this. Look, look, you go back. Chelsea went. Abramovich took over, but he spent how many billions on players? Ah, oh, billion. And then what about Leicester City? And, and Man, Man City then got the the shake, and he spent billions on players. Yeah. Billions. Yeah, that's you, right. You buy, look, we could go. We could go and bought Messi and and uh, Neymar and uh, all the other lot from around the world, and there's your team. But, yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. But you know, we don't remember those resources, and now. Yeah. If that's the case, then what about Leicester City? Leicester City won the league. Mm. They won the title. They didn't well, spend the money well, that Manchester City spent. Let's back to what we were saying. You know, it's not about what players Levy spends money on in the future. We've got a great crop of players there. Have we you really? Know, everyone's been saying that for the last two or three seasons, even Bochettino. They don't I think we did. We did have, we did have a good crop. They don't suddenly become players. crap overnight. Well, I, look... Uh, the, the way I see this is, we yeah. all know, we didn't buy a player in two transfer windows. The yeah. squad we had has got old. It needs yeah. replacing. I'm sorry, there's yeah. players in there that are not good enough mm. to play for Tottenham Hotspur. They're being mm. found out. Uh, mm. We obviously want certain players to be moved on and better Agreed. players to come in. Because of COVID, will that mm. happen? I don't know. Um, mm. Whatever you think about Jose's football style, mm. fair enough. But you can't get a more experienced manager in there than Jose Mourinho. And will, jo so, will is Jose mm. Mourinho a big enough manager to keep Harry Kane at the club, to keep mm. Homin Son at the club, to keep our, our, our you know our top players at the club? This is obviously what Levy hoped for. Yeah, but I, I, I would question that as an individual Spurs fan, just not knowing too much about what goes on. I would question. Um, the, the loyalty of the players towards the manager. I have a feeling deep down, it doesn't matter. You know, if I was yeah. playing for a pub manager of football, and I really wasn't into the manager for whatever reason, he ain't getting the best out of me. You know what? Listen, you know? sorry. It, 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 yeah. This, this, look, and you know, Mike, you say don't, don't regard COVID. You have to take yeah. this into account. Of course. 
Because look, it's affected us more than anybody. So you got a stadium mm. that holds events, you got a stadium mm. that holds NFL, you got a stadium that holds plays football, yeah. and none of that's going on. You know that mm. the players are going to be. You've got Jose Marino. Look, when he first got took over and put everyone went, you know what? Okay, I get it because you know he's he's the, he's the glamorous one. He's the one, and if anyone mm. replace, you know, the youngest sort of uh, most vivacious. Manager. And he's won, in fairness, since he's taken over, he's won more points than Chelsea and Arsenal have won. So it hasn't been, yeah. I mean, the football's been awful, mm. but he's still picking up points. Mm. You he's know, having to do it, he's having to do it with what he's got. He's yeah. ticking the boxes. Who wants, to, who wants to watch awful football? Yeah, and, the fans, also, eh? Also, the thing about, the thing about, just let me finish this and you can crack on this, this. So all the money that so you imagine this right the management are going to be the Tottenham players are going to be thinking Christ they're not making any money they're not buying any more players we are uh, you know we we are working with a new manager we we we, we didn't have a great end to last season our season's now crumbled this year um, and th- this is the this is the mentality now you have got to think about all that stuff and I know what you're saying about old players and you know but that's all it's going to get because there's no income wherever and it's got there's you we can't compare any situations. Nowadays, before COVID, because the world's changed, and that's it. I mean, there's no. Yeah, yeah. agreed. But that's my excuse. And, look uh, at Leicester. Look at Wolves. Look at Southampton. You know, managing on a shoestring, playing great. Yeah. You know, attractive there's no expectations. There's no expectations, and because we live in this world of expectations, and you know, we have to. We're expected just because. Just because. You're expected to achieve just because, and that's it. There's no reason. Oh, because you are Tottenham, because you've got Jose there, you are expected. Yeah, but you know, one step at a time, Brandon. You know, I, I don't yeah. expect us to be winning the league. I don't expect us to be no, winning no, the no. Champions League. But exactly. what I do expect is some consistency in watching great football. Absolutely, Richard. Let me ask the squad, the, Richard, the squad's on balance. Richard, let, yeah. yeah. Richard, let me ask you a question. Then using this argument, if you gave Jose Mourinho time next season to put the players in that fit into his system of playing and that although you don't like the football it gets results and points and gets us into the Champions League and, and pushing for the title would you accept that as a Spurs fan? Well just like I accepted the 1-0 win last night because if we hadn't got three points last night we yeah. go into that dreadful game that's coming up on Sunday oh, there's a good mate, chance five, five points behind that bloody lot or whatever yeah. it might be so, you know, the Bournemouth game is absolutely crucial as well. Yeah. But I just, to go back on your earlier point, you know, you, this, this is why I was saying earlier on, until Daniel Levy writes the book, I can't understand why the likes of uh, Wanyama and Dembele weren't mm. replaced. I really don't understand why the holding midfielder role hasn't been properly addressed. I don't think Ndombele is that guy, but Chelsea mm. certainly isn't either. So what went on... Late, like, well, from January last year when Dembele was allowed to go for ten million and nobody was, nobody else was signed. What's gone on there with the players? I keep hearing that Pochettino was offered players but turned them down. Who are those players? Is it the guy that's now knocking them in from Newcastle United, Alan, whatever his name is? It'd be lovely to know who those players were. There's so much goes on that we just. I know we'd love yeah. to make our own opinions and think we're right, but right. I honestly, and I sound like I'm the Daniel Levy fan club here, I honestly <laughs> don't believe that he is any less horrified than any of us talking in this phone in tonight about it. Mm. With every, all the work he's done and the hassle that this COVID caused us as a club with a million pounds mm. taken at the bar at the NFL game, a million mm. pounds, he's lost all that revenue, you know, so mm. Mourinho's going to say to him, I need to get, you've got to get this guy in from Southampton. He's 35 million. Somebody else is now bidding with us. Mm. So I think he's going to have to sell something. And when Mourinho finds he's got to sell his best players to get that mm. money in, I think that's going to become the breaking point. And mm. I think that's probably not that far off unless there's some deal going off. And I don't know when this, I keep going back to Amazon. Maybe I'm mm. clutching at straws. I don't know when this documentary is. It late July. This documentary. Well, it, it was going to be. It, it was going to be late July, but obviously the season was extended. Yeah. Uh, we at the Spurs show, we've been. They've come and filmed us a couple of times. Uh, whenever the season finishes, uh, presumably that gap between the next season, it will be shown at some stage. Then right. I would have thought, guys, we're, we're running out of time, so I need to move on here, uh, gentlemen. Mm. Bournemouth on Thursday. Quick result. Uh, score prediction. Brandon, your prediction for the Bournemouth game on Thursday. As in, in the in the immortal words of Mr. T, my prediction 
pain. <laughs> two nil Spurs. Yeah, that'll do. Two nil the Spurs. Norman, what do you think is going to happen on Thursday? I think we'll nick it by the odd goal. By the odd goal, uh, Richard. Yeah. Your prediction? Yeah, I was I was thinking two one to us, but mm. it's the same players being relied on all the time to put the ball in the net. That's what worries mm. me. And if they mm. don't play, you know, if if Son and Kane don't play well, where where are the goals coming from? That's all mm. that worries me. I mean, I think because it's such a must-win game for Bournemouth, they'll have to come on to us. Yeah. Mourinho loves defending and then doing us on the yeah. break. I, th- I think yeah. we'll win, win three-one. And then Sunday, the Woolwich Wanderers come to town. Uh, yeah. It really is the ba- it is the battle now for the Europa League place. I think between us and the Woolwich, uh, they're on a good they're, they're on a good run of form at the moment. They started yeah. very poorly. They've won some games. They've got some dangerous players, as we know. Norman, how do you see that game panning out? Uh, I, I am, for the first time in in many, many years, nervous of this crash. I am not confident at all. I, I, really not. Oh, uh, that man, God. Mm. I just, you know well, what? What do you reckon? I really used to, uh, you know, it's just that I love Tottenham. And, you know, uh, that mm. I, I love that, the, the games. And I just think, you know, I, I don't yeah. like to turn the telly on or turn the radio on now or... You know, yeah. the, or what's the game? Because you think, oh no, don't hear me again. Because you know that you know that the impact on the players is going to be, mm-hmm. oh, it's just going to. Anyway, yeah, yeah. positivity. We're out of COVID. We're football playing mm-hmm. again. Spurs are going to smash it. And we're mm-hmm. going to be back to the uh, Lily Whites we once knew. Yeah. Richard, what's your score prediction for <laughs> Arsenal? Quite, quite simple. If they beat Bournemouth, they'll beat Arsenal. Mm. Fair enough, uh, Norman. You 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 worry about this one. You, uh, you can I, see us losing. I, I would I would be happy if we if we get a draw from that. Mm. You know they're mm. on a fine run of form at the moment. We're in polar opposite directions. We aren't looking good. We're not playing good. Devoid of confidence. You, you, you're right. The, the Bournemouth game is crucial. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, crucial. We is. get something there that then yep. will match them. You know for for confidence yeah. come Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I personally think it might be a, a draw. That's my mm. my gut feeling. Um, yeah. Richard, a, a question, but just moving away, because uh, it's such an honour to have, have you on the show tonight for the very first mm. time. Just moving away from football for a moment. Uh, going back to your wonderful book, uh, Setting the Record Straight, there's a wonderful, wonderful story in there. I mean, there's many wonderful stories. But one that stood yeah. out for me is the moment you found yourself in a Philadelphia warehouse, and there you yeah. found... The iconic single, Gloria Jones's mm. Tainted Love. For anyone, yeah. even if you're not a Northern Soul uh, fan, you'll mm. know Tainted Love from the Soft yeah. Cell cover. Soft Cell cover. Yeah. Talk yeah. us through that moment. When that you, must have been you just saw. <laughs> Yeah, well, this, this place in Philadelphia was like, if you, if you imagine a sort of a, a mill, a cotton mill in the north of England, that's what mm. it was like. And they had records on the first floor, the ground floor, and the basement. And when you went into the basement in an industrial lift, it was as far mm. as you could see, right, left, and forward, with pallets. Wow. Everything was on pallets in boxes that were sealed, just right the way across. So you're literally having to sort of hand empty a pallet to clear the space to move the next lot of stock into. That record yeah. by Gloria Jones was just lying on the floor. As I got out the bloody lift, it was there right in front of me without a sleeve. Just, mm. I don't know who'd even dropped it there. Yeah, what made you it pick was. it up, Richard? What made you well, pick it I up? Well, I knew Gloria Jones as an artist. Okay. Um, she, she wasn't unknown to me. Um, right. And, you know, to be honest, the record had a few spins by other DJs. I wasn't the first one yeah. to play it, but I suppose mm. I had the right venues. You know, mm. I suppose when you're up and coming as a DJ, you make more out of the records you do have than yeah, maybe some guys true. that have got thousands mm. of records. So it was very precious to me. But it's quite mm. interesting because if you ever read a, music, a book called Stiff, Yes. which is a book about MCA records and yeah. the mafia. It's absolutely right. riveting. And the guy that owned that place in New Upper Derby, I think it was in Philly, he mm. ended up going into witness protection because he was involved mm. with all sorts of mafia cutouts right. and you know, the deletions and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. You, know, you could buy Elton John's greatest hits for about 50 cents. And yeah, press up. It was hilarious. They had the yeah. stiff book's great. But yeah, John Lamont, he was called, but boy, there were some records in there. I've never seen as many chess singles in my life. <laughs> I mean, there must have been half a million of the bloody things. Richard, Mil- what, all the people you didn't want to buy, you know. 
yeah, yeah. What's the, the the other lovely thing about obviously for those who don't know the the, the the whole Northern Soul world is that you 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 through you and through other DJs, uh, the British public or, or certainly Northern Soul fans have rediscovered artists that no one had ever heard yeah. of before. Yeah. What's the greatest oh, yeah. moment when you've approached uh, an old soul name who never made it, probably never made it in America, and contact them and say? Um, we'd like you to come to England yeah. to the show. What was the biggest like moment when a, one of these artists who had no idea, they probably can't even remember recording the single in the first yeah. place, comes yeah, probably, here? Yeah, probably a lady called Jerry Granger who had a record in oh. 1970 called uh, I Go To Pieces. She right, changed yeah. the name. Some, somebody found her by accident and she came over and she was blown away. But the be the best thing I've ever done was persuading a very well-known artist to come and sing songs that didn't sell at all when she was 15 years old, and she's the greatest singer in the world, and she came and did all these records from the 60s that she'd long forgotten about, but mixed in some of the latest stuff, and her name was Patty Austin, and that oh, was yeah, the best yeah, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and yeah. for her to do those records, she said, you know, I remember when I was, I was 15, and they were taking me in the studio, and the producer, he dropped something on the floor, and he bent down, he couldn't get back up again. I thought, my God, I'm working with these guys that are so old. And yeah. it, was just, it was amazing. And what yeah. about Major Lance's daughter being yeah. so high up now in the Democrat Party in America? Major yeah, Lance's daughter. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Joe Biden's running mate, I think. She's, she's uh, the yeah. mayor of Atlanta. Really? Um, I didn't know that. She's wow. Lance, Lance Bottoms. Mm. Okay. Forget her first Fair name. She's on, she's on CNN. All, and it, so, yeah, lots of stories. Lots of mm. stories with Northern Soul. It's been very good to me. Football and, uh, football and music. Mm. Uh, I'll ask all of you this. Uh, Richard, have you ever had to DJ at a footballer's party or be doing an event where a, a team has shown up at all? No. Yes. No, I've never had to do that. I did once get asked to do a Bruce Springsteen thing, which I turned down, and I wish mm. I hadn't. But that wow. was years ago. But no, I've tended to stay away from those sort of you know, corporate things. Brandon and Norman, I'm sure, I'm sure you've been yeah. asked. Listen, you, Brandon, you're, 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 right to stay, you're right to stay away from them, Richard, because I, I <laughs> went for a phase in, in the 90s and into the, the noughties where I did a number of parties for sort of um, footballers. Um, yeah. An absolute yeah. nightmare. I did a couple <laughs> for a couple of Spurs players back in past who shall remain nameless. Yeah. But the, the most high-profile one that I did and I'm actually glad I wrote about that, I think, in, in my book. Um, I did yeah. uh, Thierry Henry's wedding. Wow. Uh, yeah. I played at his wedding, um, and it was very, very hush-hush. And I turned up, it was only for 60, 70 guests and, and family. All the Arsenal wow. uh, people were there. This was down in Hampshire in some castle or something. Um, yeah. And, and I was only booked to play for an hour so. Um, and... Patrick Vieira was, was brilliant. He kept coming up and asking me for, for music. And then he, he leaned over and poked. And I had a little gold cockerel of my, on my thing. And I poked him in the face with it. And it, he reeled back. And we had that laugh. And he called all the players and look, look, look. And I thought, ah, come on, come on, you Spurs. It was great. And, and that was a secret for about, probably about a year. And then it got out. And once my good mate, Giles Peterson, who's a number one Arsenal fan, Giles oh, rang yeah. me. Proper indignant. Norman, why didn't, you know, how did you get against you know, <laughs> amazing. And I would think oh. that's one hate trigger with, on, the, on the Arsenal fan site for doing it. Brilliant. Wow. That's Brandon, you must have, uh, must have done some. I was going to say that I was very lucky. <laughs> I started this, uh, I don't know if you know if you remember, Norman probably will. Remember Sugar Reef? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mark Fuller, yeah. Mark Fuller. Yeah, yeah, I know Mark. Oh, no, yeah. So we opened various clubs back in the uh, noughties yeah. uh, towards yeah. 2000. Anyway, one of them was Sugary, very, very popular, and a new, like those yeah. Atlantic yeah. Titanic. They were the big, cool bars to go to. Anyway, yeah. so I, was, I had my own night there on a Thursday for, uh, for a, uh, running weekly, I think, for the first. Yeah. They, ha, I'll tell you the deal they gave me, right? So they said, look, can you come and DJ, bring your friend for meal, food and drinks? And said, yeah, yeah. We'll call it quits. I said, I don't mind that. So I, had, I said, look, I, I, I used to have the big table upstairs. I had 13 of my mates, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? 13 yeah. eating sugar reef, yeah. cigars, everything, right? Yeah. And uh, they said, look, we can, uh, we've discussed this, Brandon. We can't do this night anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's after two weeks they decided this. Anyway, that was yeah. one thing. But 
I had yeah. the fortunate night of having the whole Spurs team mm. sitting opposite on the yeah. other table one night for, for my mm. night there. I mean, yes, yeah. they do get uh, yeah. uh, uh, but this is back when Peter Peter Crouch was playing and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that whole team then. Oh, it was yeah. Jermaine Janus and uh, yeah. oh, and Les Ferdinand was there and yeah, uh, yeah. It was brilliant. And um, mm-hmm. I said, uh, Steve said he's quite a good mate of mine as well, Mike. I know mm-hmm. Steve. Well, so yeah, having the Spurs team listen to me play all night was fantastic. And, uh, yeah. uh, did you did you throw in Ozzy's dream? I think I think I told him about Ozzy's dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all went home Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, look, gentlemen, we we run out of time. Uh, uh, I, I, I I could do this for hours because uh, I know I, I I love hearing some of these stories. I'm and, just uh, pleased that you got richer than Brandon on. Absolutely. Well done, oh. Well done you. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I think... Uh, Richard, it, by the way. Lovely to talk to you, Rich, by the way. I'm very yeah, thank uh, you. Honoured, honoured, mate, because obviously... Yes, that, Brandon. Uh, lovely to speak to you. I'm Norman and Mike as yeah. well. Come on, you Spurs. Let's do it yeah, on no, Thursday. Exactly. Thank you so much, Brandon. Norman, Richard, I think we're going to call tonight's show Moonlight Music and Masks. <laughs> Moonlight Music and you. A big <laughs> Northern Soul number. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. we'll call it yeah. tonight. And... Please, Wonderful. please come on again. And let's yeah, hope next it. week we are on the show yeah. next week. I've got Paolo Hewitt on the show next week. Yeah. And hopefully oh, wow. we will Great. be discussing uh, yeah. two wonderful victories against Bournemouth and the, and the yeah. scum. Uh, yeah, until it. next week. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Brandon. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. We are Tottenham. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.